an oral listening, it just can't be beat. I beg your pardon? For what kind of oral listening? Monaural. That's what I've been listening to. Music from one sound source, like a record or a radio. Then this stereophonic sound. Perhaps I'd better let you hear the difference. That would be just dandy. Now this is a stereo tape player. The sound here has been recorded on the tape magnetically. But mind you, this stereophonic tape player is not just ordinary hi-fi. It isn't? No, sir. This is hi-fi plus. This is a new dimension in sound. This is... This is what I want to hear already. Are you ready? Let her go. on last points. The other name that was coming up though was the return of JJ. Somebody knew somebody and they said that that wasn't that wasn't going to happen. I honestly couldn't see him coming back. Yeah. I don't see why he would. The chances of JJ coming back are about as much as Lucas coming back. And maybe by the time this episode comes out they'll have announced the replacement. As soon as we're done recording they'll announce who it is. Oops. Yeah. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> guess, I guess we were wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you had uh, any doubt that uh, we're kind of a couple of idiots, <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe we just proved your point. Yeah, that was, I was surprised. Yeah, a little bit of a surprise there. Obviously, it wasn't what we were expecting. <laughs> yeah, but we were right about basically the episode coming out and them announcing it that day. So <laughs> I think we, Kathy, got, we got a little bit right. Kathy Kennedy was checking her iTunes podcast feed, and she's like, oh, new episode of Blast Points. Yeah. Make the announcement. Well, and, and little do we know that it, it was going to be Ryan Johnson, but then she listened to our episode and was like, nope. <laughs> I'll show those two. Hello, Star Wars fans, move milkers. This is episode 91 of Blast Points. This is Jason. And Gabe. (laughs) JJ is back. Welcome back. Hi, JJ. Your dreams were your ticket out. Welcome back. Same 
that you laughed about. Well, the news it came out Tuesday morning, the news. I don't think it was the news anybody expected. We were still kind of riding on the wave of expecting it to be Ryan. So I was like, man, that wasn't what I expected. But <laughs> <laughs> it's it's grown on me over the last few days. It makes a lot of sense. One thing I was thinking, though, that was funny, though, is weren't there like stories that Kathleen Kennedy had trouble working with J.J. Abrams, too? Like he had trouble. He didn't make decisions fast enough. Well, yeah, there was something with like a lack of communication between what was going on at Bad Robot and what was going on at Lucasfilm or something. But who knows? Who knows if yeah. that was true? I think it's going to be fine. And it's it's interesting to now have another Star Wars movie coming from somebody like, you know what to expect a little bit. With Force Awakens, we really didn't know what to expect. And with Last Jedi, we really don't know what to expect. Um, and with Colin Trevorrow, we really didn't know what to expect. But now with JJ, <laughs> we kind of have an idea what Episode Nine is going to be like, at least stylistically and visually. So, and Force Awakens is a pretty good movie. The Force Awakens is my still my number four favorite Star Wars movie of all time. Still, the news that JJ was directing, while it was surprising, it was kind of like, it felt like almost like anticlimactic. Like, we all were expecting either like the new people's champion, Ryan Johnson, you know, to come yeah. in or, yeah. you know, some shocking left field superstar to come in. But Clint Howard was going to do it. Because <laughs> Ron was still busy. But yeah, JJ getting announced, it was kind of like everyone was kind of like, oh, okay. Like you said, he's. It's perfect. It makes sense. It's good that he. It's good that someone who was there to help conceive this trilogy in a way is coming back to what may very well may be the end of this trilogy, kind of to have a hand in that. Is all I really want in the end is that there to be some sort of creative thread through these yeah. movies. Yeah, and either Ryan coming back for a second one or JJ coming back makes the most sense in that respect. Like they both were, I'm sure thinking the whole story through in their heads, even though they didn't have to, I'm sure both of them had ideas how it was going to end. But I think the thing that's funny is as much as pressure as JJ had, like to bring star Wars back, I kind of feel like episode nine is maybe even more pressure. Cause I feel like with return of the Jedi, as much as there's people that have issues with that movie, I don't think anyone really has issues with it being a very satisfying conclusion to the to the story. Luke Vader Emperor stuff is like everybody loves that and it's like and being having to come up with that for this new set of movies has gotta be daunting for anybody. I think some of the the complaints and we'll get into this later of the the common complaints of people that aren't happy about JJ coming back is Oh, well, no, is this going to be a remake of Return of the Jedi? Number one, I would be awesome with that. The more Return of the Jedi, the better. <laughs> All movies need more Return of the Jedi, in my opinion. But two, how is that even possible? Unless someone gets frozen in carbonite at the end of The Last Jedi. Force Awakens is kind of a, it is kind of a recap of the other movies, but to the point where it already is a little bit, Return of the Jedi and Empire, even in the first one. So it's kind of like they already kind of did that. And if it's what everyone's saying is true of Last Jedi kind of being a little odd and different, then, you know, who knows where it's going to end up and where the characters are going to end up. Well, and there was some talk I was reading of the hiring of J.J. is almost a reaction 
to some of the stuff that's in The Last Jedi that may kind of freak out some Star Wars fans. It's always kind of a joke about J.J. like not being able to do endings, but I think it's because when he does his shows, he comes up with the idea and like directs the pilot and then gives it to the showrunner so he never has to figure out the ending. <laughs> so like this time he did that, but now it's like, uh-oh, they need me to finish it now. You know, and I was thinking about people complaining about that a lot, that like, well, who who are Ray's parents? What's the deal with Snoke? Where's the story going to go? And it's almost like at this point, I I don't think the answers to those questions are really all that insanely necessary. When the original trilogy came out, you didn't know anything about the Emperor's past. You didn't know anything about the Clone Wars. You didn't know anything about the history of the Jedi, Yoda, Obi-Wan, Obi-Wan's relationship to Anakin, all the prequel stuff. You didn't know anything about that. Everyone listening to this and everyone out there, and you know how much we love the prequels, but the prequel, that's one thing the prequels did is they told you everything. But then also there was stuff in the prequels that didn't make any sense and, you know, were <laughs> mysterious as hell. But that's, but that's part of Star Wars, that, like, Star Wars should be weird and vague and mysterious. Yeah. And maybe we don't need, like, these answers, you know, and everyone says that J.J. is, like, the mystery box guy. And they lumped Star Wars in with that for him. It's like, oh, it's the mystery box. And, you know, who are Ray's parents is the mystery box. And it's like, well, it's just it's just part of Star Wars. Yeah. You know, George Lucas patented that even with Indiana Jones, dropping you right into the middle of a story where you didn't know exactly all the details and what was going on. And you had to catch up with the characters and where they were. But that's the thing. I think that's why I'm bringing up Return of the Jedi is it's like. We don't need to know the the details and who's whose parents or whatever, but basically figuring out like the emotional resolution of the story has got to be daunting at this point. And if they really are kind of flying by the seat of their pants, because at least Luke and you know Vader being turning good and all that, like what's how is these how is this going to end in a satisfying way? Especially if originally it involved Leia in some way, yeah. <laughs> and now and now they're got to you know. Add six months to the schedule to figure all that out. And I think J.J. is a perfectly fine person to probably come up with a really good idea for how that's going to happen. Now, the more I think about it, the more excited I am. And I think I've said it before, like, the only complaints I really have about Force Awakens are what's not in the movie. Like, everything that is in the movie, I really like, and I just wish there was more of it. So, I guess I'm getting more, I'm getting my wish with episode <laughs> I just had to wait two movies to get more of it. So, and you got to think it's got to be an easier process for him. Mostly casting is done. Mm -hmm. There's going to be some new characters probably in nine, but there's going to be some holdovers from eight. The main cast is already there. ILM stuff in London is already well up and running. Neil Scanlon's Creature Shop is up and running. Like all the things that they built for The Force Awakens now have what one two three four movies or something under their belt oh yeah it's got to be a, a super super speed machine right now because even with you know by return of the jedi they had everything down and they were just doing more of it and with the prequels by revenge of the sith like they could make anything they could think of no problem super fast super cheap so 
they know what they're doing now. Yeah. <laughs> For, 40 years in, ILM's got it together. But it's just crazy to even be thinking about nine as much right now when we still have eight and on around the corner. Like <laughs> We still haven't seen anyone talk in eight. We still don't even know what the Han movie's really even called. And that movie comes <laughs> out in like a matter of months. Yeah. And here we are. We're worried about nine. <laughs> It's going to kill us. They got that guy, Chris Terrio, doing the screenplay now with J.J. So what happened to Jack Thorne? What was all that about? Colin picked him? I don't know. We were joking about that last week, right? Like, if there's a new director (laughs) for Jack Thorne, man, I don't think he was on the project long enough to get, like, to be at cons as, like, someone from Star Wars. Did he, did he ever, like, even get paid? Was his paperwork still going through? That's Yeah, he might not even have got paid for it. Poor guy. Well, he seemed like he was busy. <laughs> but, yeah, I guess he must have been, maybe he came in to make whatever Colin's ideas were work. And with J.J., maybe J.J. starting from scratch. So It's like we were saying last week. So there was whatever idea they had before Carrie Fisher passed away. And then there was the Colin Trevorrow restart idea. And then there was maybe whatever Jack Thorne was working on. And now there's the JJ version. So this is like what the fourth, the, the whole Kathleen Kennedy, Colin butting heads could have started even before the carry thing. And they just <laughs> use that as an excuse for, Oh, we're going to rework things. So I asked people on our Facebook and our Twitter page, what were some of the common and most cliche gripes they were hearing about J.J. coming on. Let's talk about how valid some of these arguments are, because people were really worked up about this news. Yeah, yeah I was surprised. <laughs> oh, Star Wars fans are the best. I seem to remember when The Force Awakens came out, everybody loved it, pretty much. People were talking about how great it was. Uh, no. Maybe it was just me. It was, it, it was, <laughs> it was, it was both. It was a Star Wars movie. Yeah, that good point. Good <laughs> yeah. point. Everyone wants to think everything's different every time, but there's it's a Star Wars movie, so there's both. People love it, people hate it, but people love to tell you about either opinion. Same thing that JJ's great setting things up, um, giving us mystery and intrigue. This is from uh, Robbie in the UK, but not so much a, a concluding a story. And since this is episode nine, the conclusion of a trilogy, that's a valid concern. Have we seen him really end something? The ending of Super 8 was kind of weird. <laughs> I liked that. I liked that ending a lot. That was maybe my favorite part. So, so there you go. Plus one JJ. <laughs> no, I'll give, a, I'll give him a minus one for Into Darkness. which. But that didn't really end a thing. It just He didn't have to end that one. <laughs> I'm glad it ended, though. Yeah. It finally ended. Yeah. I'm just mad about Into Darkness is there was that one really cool, like, skeleton face alien at the conference room, and he never got another scene. Number 84 in the list of complaints about Into Darkness. <laughs> uh, Jonathan Martin saying he will repeat the end of Lost. Everyone in the story died when the Death Star exploded, and this is purgatory. But he didn't really have anything to do with the end of Lost, so. No, he didn't. Uh-uh. We, can't, we can't blame him for that. Mm-mm. And we can blame him for not making... Not working on the ending, but we can't blame him for the ending. Uh, That the story will be an even bigger Death Star-type weapon. The the funny thing with that is it's already such a joke that I actually, I think I would be happy in a way if they were like, 
an even bigger, bigger Death Star. (laughs) (laughs) At this point, it would make sense. It's like two planets taped together. (laughs) It shoots moons out of like a a big, big cannon in the middle. Uh, This is going to be an entire rehash of the original trilogy all over again. Too many things left to mysterious end without explanation. We'll get possible conclusion to this trilogy. And then people talking about then if episode 10 is happening. Yeah, that's the that's the real question is how are they going to end nine as an ending or if is it going to set up 10? And have they ever really have they ever actually said this was a trilogy? Well, didn't Kathy Kennedy come out in the statement about J.J. saying that he was concluding the trilogy? I mean, I've said a million times, I don't want this story to end. I wish it would go, you know, nine parts with never-ending Ray stories. But I think about that a lot, too, that it's a real I think I feel like it's a real dilemma right now because the new cast is so great that I want stories from them forever on the same token because of the new story being kind of a continuation with the first order being so closely tied to the empire 20 more years of the empire just seems like the resistance is not doing a very good job <laughs> so they gotta they gotta mix it up somehow but yeah i don't want to not have ray and and finn and poe and bb8 and all the characters around yeah she does kathleen kennedy just say close out the trilogy so close out this trilogy so right yeah the people talking about uh Bringing back up that uh, JJ just rehashed a new hope, and that uh, Disney is playing it too too safe. I don't know. I mean, you could somebody could make a valid point that JJ is a safe choice. He was a safe choice for the the Force Awakens, and he could be for this too. But I go back to Force Awakens, and like, there's some of the just goofiest, weirdest, greatest Star Wars stuff in Force Awakens. I just want more of it, and maybe some of that is Disney, like having him dial it back but jj brought the weird and the star wars weird so you know he definitely has it in him he brought us tito and g897 and <laughs> hello asty and you know there's it's there so well and the whole end lightsaber fight in the woods <sighs> yeah the rest of the movie could just be pieces of poop with stormtrooper helmets rolling around <laughs> in a wheelbarrow and then just that lightsaber fight at the end, and it still would have been one of the one of the best movies ever yeah. made. So how well that paid off from one movie, J.J. coming up with something to pay off the story from three movies, like, there's stuff to be excited for with him yeah. coming back. Force Awakens was just practice. There wasn't a big climactic lightsaber fight at the end of A New Hope. I mean, it's the end of Force Awakens is more Empire Return of the Jedi than it is A New Hope. Like, it's... People are right when they say it kind of rehashes a new hope, but they're not. That's just a part of it. Like, it's it's much more than that. But I do like everyone who's wondering if JJ's going to move the scar back. I think that's... <laughs> That's the important stuff we should be talking about. And if if Zuvio is going to come back, because there was talk of going back to Jakku. JJ's got a chance to redeem himself for Zuvio. Maybe that was the only reason he came back. Yeah, finish, finish the Zuvio saga. Yeah. Like the first time Kath, Kathy Kennedy was like, who was Luke Skywalker? And JJ was like, oh, man, how can I turn that down? And this time it was like, who is Constable Zuvio? And he's like, okay, can't turn that down. 
<laughs> who is GA97? Yeah. Well, you know, that's a really good point. Because maybe JJ, you know, he saw the footage of him walking. So maybe he's been kicking himself every day. Like, <laughs> if only I would have put that in the movie, and now he has his chance. <laughs> But, you know, the good thing I kept thinking after this news came out was like, you know, we'll get a trailer for The Last Jedi soon. What was it? Ryan Johnson said he had it on his phone when he was in Tokyo or something. Yeah. 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 Very, very, very close. Uh, yeah. You know what? We should. I have it on my phone. Should we all just watch it right now? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> World premiere. Don't don't forget your phone at the toilet, please. I don't know how he didn't get mugged or beat up or like, hey, can I get your autograph? And someone just tried to pickpocket his phone. I've got it! I've got it! Everyone's just trying to sit next to him on the plane. Maybe he'll watch it. Maybe he'll watch it. Let's get him drunk. Yeah. Do you have any pictures of your kids on your phone? Can we see pictures of your kids? I don't even know if he has. Does he have kids? I don't even know. I don't think so. Have you ever played Candy Crush? Let me install it on your phone for you, Ryan. <laughs> yeah. Don't look at what I'm doing right now. Yeah. So, yeah, that's going to come pretty soon. We're going to get more info on Han pretty soon. But I was thinking it's it's kind of nice now that like we know that J.J.'s directed 9, that there shouldn't be any more like director drama. You know, everyone's like, well, they, they got to figure out what they're doing. They have a director problem, but it's like they only have a first director problem. <laughs> Whenever they bring the second one in, they're, then they're good. So, you know, they just got the director replacement out of their system early this time, and then now they're fine. I was say, when they start firing the second director, then people can start worrying about their brain problem. <laughs> <laughs> we, we should be smooth sailing now for a while, though. Yeah. And we're always right. <laughs> <laughs> There's no way that I'm going to walk outside my house tomorrow and find $1,000 in my yeah. yard. Yeah, never going to happen. That's impossible. That, there's as much of a chance of that as George Lucas being in my front yard. <laughs> <laughs> Which that would be the great theme of my life. Oh, <laughs> where am I? <laughs> you? Oh no! A wild Lucas spotting. Well, you know, one last thing I was thinking that's pretty funny is everyone was like, "Man, I can't wait till JJ's done because then the, then they won't be so secretive about what's going to be in the movies." Yeah. <laughs> no, I read that too, where someone's like, "Oh, great! Here we go back into the age of secrecy and them not saying anything." Yeah, it's like. I don't know anything about Last Jedi right now. <laughs> All I know is there's bird, there's fuzzy birds in it. <laughs> it's some dinosaur people. I don't know anything else. We don't know squat. So. I got a, I have a t-shirt that says the Jedi must end. And I was wearing it at the grocery store. And someone's like, what does that even mean? And I was like, nobody knows. But I bought a t-shirt of it. That's yeah. where we are on The Last Jedi. Yeah. Yeah. We knew a lot more about Force Awakens by now than we do about Last Jedi. Yoda puppet and the Force lightsaber each sold separately. As you move, 
move your lightsaber, the sound of the Force moves with you. It can be a powerful friend. That is your first lesson. Learn it well. The Force is my lightsaber. The Force is in all things, even you, my young Jedi. The Force lightsaber and new Yoda puppet, each sold separately from Kenner Star Wars, the Empire Strikes Back collection. Hi, this is Vanessa Marshall. I play Harrison Dulan, Star Wars Rebels, and you're listening to Blast Points with Jason and Gabe. May the Force be with you always. Something else we've talked about a lot. I mean, we've talked a lot about, like, the, the Force Awakens and the New Hope thing, but something else we've talked about a lot on Blast Points are the sound mixes of the movies. Yeah. Well, and this comes back to the fans always want, well, I want the original version. Yes. I want the original version. I want the theatrical version. I don't want the Blu-ray. I don't want special edition. I want the original version. What is the original version? <laughs> yeah, we, we've talked about this topic a lot. And we've, we've, we've done some research. There, there's a video on YouTube that compared the Dolby mix to the mono mix. And we're going to go over that in a little bit. But it's kind of like, well, what does that even mean? What is the Dolby mix? What is the mono mix? How many times has the sound mix of A New Hope been changed? There's a great article up on uh, OriginalTrilogy.com. And they talk about how... When Star Wars was first released into the theaters in May 77, and throughout the summer of 77, as that release got wider and wider and wider, there were three different sound mixes out there playing simultaneously. There was a 70mm six-track sound recording, there was a 35mm Dolby stereo recording, and then there was a 35mm mono recording. And, you know, this kind of reminded me of uh, when Attack of the Clones was out. It blew my mind at the time in 2002 that there was two different versions of Attack of the Clones playing simultaneously. No, there were three, weren't there? If you include the IMAX. Yeah, there was the IMAX, the digital, and the the film print. It's the same thing at a certain time, right? There right. were three, three in the wild at once. So e- each of these sound mixes, though, were made separately from each other. With differences that were not done randomly, they were done on purpose. And the mono mix was the last sound mix to be made, but has the biggest number of differences. And at the time, this was considered by Ben Burtt and George Lucas as the definitive Star Wars mix. Because at the time, VHS was still, you know, a faraway dream. And their idea was the future of the movie would be it's showing up on television at some time. And the, the mono mix was kind of what they thought in their head was, well, this is what... This is going to be the sound mix of Star Wars for the, the future. And this mono mix was also used in the, uh, the 77 Story of Star Wars record. So you can, you can listen to it there, too. Oh, mm-hmm. I didn't realize that. That's interesting. Which we'll do a whole episode eventually about that Story of Star Wars record. So the, the mono mix also was, was finished two weeks before the movie came out. So it was kind of rushed. Like uh, According to the story of sound mixer Derek Bell went to Aunt Beru's actress's, uh, Sheila Fraser's house to record replacement dialogue for Beru. And that was for the mono mix or for the regular mix? For the mono. Mono's got the crazy Beru voice. And that's actually a newer Beru? That was recorded later. Okay, so that's blowing my mind, because I always figured that that was like the original Beru and they changed their mind and the stereo one was the new Baru, but you're saying it's the opposite. Yes. 
Okay. Because when we go back and we listen to the differences, the Dolby version is a more familiar Baru, where the mono is crazy Baru. Yeah. Strange Baru. Anthony Daniels recorded his tractor beam speech in a cupboard in London. And then the tapes rode on a bicycle to the airport so they could be inserted (laughs) into the film. But at least for Anthony Daniels, it was too late because the Anthony Daniels tractor beam speech did not show up until the 78 re-release. Oh, that's really wild. Okay. And the 78 re-release had a mono and a stereo mix too? We'll we'll get to that. Okay. We'll get to the sound mix. All right. I'll I'll keep my mouth shut and listen. So the majority of theaters at the time were playing... They, you know, they had pretty low-quality stereo systems, and they were playing the mono mix. So most people, when you went to go see Star Wars at your local theater, you saw that you heard the mono mix. Now that played for a while, and that well, and that makes sense too. Then why the Super Eight version has crazy sound differences because they're going off the mono mix. Also around this time, a fourth mix is created for 35mm four-track magnetic stereo for international markets. And nobody knows too much about what the deal was with this sound mix, because there's no like proof of it. or It's probably somewhere in the Lucasfilm archives, but we don't know what it is. Now, things start getting really interesting with home video. 1985, when the first set comes out. Ben Burt wanted to be involved. As you know from our Ben Burt episode, that means creating a whole new sound mix. Because Ben Burt doesn't do anything small. So this is technically the fifth mix of Star Wars. Now there's people out there that are wondering, is this fifth mix, the home video mix, is this closer to that international four-track magnetic stereo mix? Because now this fifth mix, the home video version has new effects, lots of changes. The Baru voice is back to the Dolby version. The 3PO speech is in there. And this fifth mix sticks through every home video release until 1993. And this is what probably for a lot of people would consider to be the unaltered version, the sound mix for an unaltered version. But it's actually the fifth version of the sound mix. (laughs) The 85 version. From 1985. Okay, But it makes sense because for a lot of people that grew up watching the films on video, this is what's the most familiar to them. Yeah. In 93 is the THX Laserdisc set. Ben Burt again becomes involved with a guy, Gary Summers. And now this is mix number six. And mix number six is a hodgepodge of all three original mixes from back in 77 there are still some more changes, and this sticks around for a long time. This is what's on, like, the uh, the THX, the VHSs with the black with the half screen and stuff. Now, the next thing that happens, 97 Special Editions. As we all well know, there is a completely new crazy sound mix for that. With a theatrical release. Yeah, so that's mix number seven. Next time it changes, they come out on DVD. The original trilogy comes out on DVD. That's mix number eight, because there were even more changes. Right. Okay, so the VHS release of the special editions was a theatrical mix. That was the same. That was mix number seven, because that's the special edition mix. Okay. Right. So the special edition mix carried over from theatrical to VHS. Yes. Okay. DVD, more changes, mix eight. Blu-ray, even more changes, mix nine. As far as we know, there could be more mixes 
they didn't make any well technically you could say they changed it for the the digital versions because they had to take out the 20th century fox stuff but that's sure. not quite count what it kind of counts a little bit yeah that's not flip-flopping baru voices and uh obi-wan kayat dragon screams and crazy stuff because I, we've said this story a million times. When I sat in the theater in 1997 watching the special editions, I was blown away by Jabba and all that stuff. But I was more confused by what is going on with all these weird audio changes. And more being like, I get putting Jabba in and like Boba Fett winking at the camera from underneath his helmet and stuff. <laughs> but yeah, the audio stuff. It's weird how sometimes that's even more jarring and noticeable than changes to the visuals, too, because the audio is so subconscious. Like, you're just used to hearing the stuff. Yeah. And when it's different, you're like, wait, what? what's going on? <laughs> am, I, am I watching the same movie? It's, someone, it's like someone telling you your last name is spelled differently than you've been used to. Like, no, it's impossible. <laughs> As you can tell from that long explanation... The sound mix on A New Hope, especially, has been crazy since even before the movie came out. Well, I think it's extra crazy because it isn't like it kept growing. It's like a couple mixes would have one take of audio and then another mix would have a different take for a couple times. And then it would go back to the original one or and then there would be mistakes. Like I remember the big thing. With the DVD releases, I think the surround rear surround speakers, I think, were switched or out of phase or there was something wrong with the rear rear channels that drove yeah. people nuts. And that they, <laughs> I think they fixed for the Blu-ray version. Ben, ben Burt is a crazy man. I don't know how he sleeps at night trying to keep all that straight. <laughs> Maybe that's why he just had to re- retire at one point. Just like, I can't do any more mixes of New Hope. Just can't do it. I gotta get out of here. Well, and that totally explains, like, going back to our Empire Super 8 episode from a while back. What was the deal with that? Who knows? Maybe that was the mono mix of Empire. Well, and I think it's it's probably extra fun with, you have someone like Ben Burt who's very particular, who's not afraid to go back and change things. And then you have George Lucas, who's very particular and not afraid to go back and change things. And between the two of them, there's got to be some push-pull, I think, of what goes where and who gives in to who as far as, you know, what they keep and what they change. You know, and they both probably seen that movie so many times that at some point, you know, one of them is like, oh, we got to change this. I wish there were different, like, sound mixes of, like, Rogue One or something. Just to keep us on our toes. Yeah. Just for the good old days. <laughs> All right, so let's go through the Dolby versus Mono comparison. Let's let's tear through it and let's let's kind of give some audio examples of the craziness of what we're talking about. Probably the first thing you hear is the um, the however you pronounce it, Tantive, Tantive four alarm. Now, what's interesting is because the Mono one, right, is the one that they used in the Rogue One trailer. Which is pretty cool because I didn't know that until I saw this not too long ago. Which was crazy because I remember when that Rogue One trailer came out that you heard that sound and you instantly knew that was like a Star Wars alarm. But I had a heck of a time trying to place exactly 
where it was. Was that one in one of the VHS mixes or was it only in the theatrical mono mix? And if it was, when you were, you know, two years old, do you remember <laughs> which do. version you heard in the theater? I do. I do. <laughs> no. No, I don't. <laughs> you took notes on your diaper? <laughs> It's forever burned in my brain. But maybe you do. Maybe when you heard that, you were like, I remember that sound from when I was two years old in the theater. What was what was the sound of that alarm in whatever VHS copy I watched all through the 80s or when it played on HBO? What was right. the sound of the alarm like on that? I don't know. So the next one is uh, when Vader's choking out... Captain Antilles. We're intercepting no transmission. This is a consular ship. We're on a diplomatic mission. We're intercepting no transmissions. This is a consular ship. We're on a diplomatic mission. What's the difference with that? I think maybe it's a different, different audio take. It almost just sounds like Captain Antilles is a little louder. I think he's choking more, maybe. Oh. Maybe it is just louder. Some of these you just start like, is it different? I can't tell. Maybe it is. <laughs> the next one, uh, R2 passes out, which is a, it's a very different thud. And just to mention, if you're not staying up with the Sphero R2-D2 that I keep trying not to buy, it does that. There's a button in the app you push and he makes that sound and he falls over oh so if you're if you're on the fence about buying it apparently it does that so add that to your your list of decisions <laughs> if you're thinking about it if you want to reenact that scene in your house but what does it make the the thud sound is it from the dolby or the mono mix thud sound <sighs> i don't i don't know in any videos i've seen the actual thud of the plastic hitting the table is louder <laughs> it's loud enough i don't know if it actually the next one it's probably the most important one of all of them, the strange Baru. There's a couple in this video of the different Baru's that so strange. The strangest Baru. I've told the story a thousand times on the podcast how I it had to have been 2000 and something where I saw a version, a film print of Star Wars in a, in a theater at the University of Michigan where it didn't even say A New Hope at the beginning. And that blew my mind because I did not know about this strange Baru voice. And I'm sitting in the theater and I almost like did a backflip and disappeared for a while because I was like, what is going on with Baru's voice? Yeah, I can't imagine not being prepared what that would do to you. I thought I knew you, Baru. I thought I'd Baru you. Let's go. You get so used to Nubaru, and then you got OG Baru, or is it OG Baru? Right. According to that other stuff, it's Nubaru. Nubaru is like New Coke. <laughs> it's like a good idea on paper, but it's like we need Baru classic. I mean, I hope if Baru shows up in the Obi-Wan movie, that there's different sound mixes with different Baru voices. Yeah, I was a little disappointed they didn't they didn't dub her in in uh, Attack of the Clones, which I guess she didn't. She never said anything. She no. just waved, right? 
Maybe that's why they couldn't decide what to do. Or did, didn't she say hello? Isn't like Obi Wan or isn't uh, Uncle Owen? This is my girlfriend Baru. Hello. Does she say hello or does she just smile? I don't remember. She said hello to my heart. You felt the hello. I did. You heard it or not? Next one is Leia's transmission. Oh. Yeah. And, and when Leia, when the hologram is going on, there's like a buzzing noise, and the same thing happens in uh, in Obi Wan's hut. Help me, Obi Wan Kenobi. What's this? What's this? And that's one of the, I think, the like common threads here with the mono stuff. It felt like a lot of the mono versions, they actually added more sounds in. And maybe it was to make up for it not having like the spatialness of being 3D. But like, I like when they add the extra stuff. Like, it's more sci-fi sounding and maybe... They didn't want it to be so sci-fi sounding, and they, they eventually dialed some of that stuff back. But, I don't know, more Star Wars sounds are, is always better. There's like a little, there's a little noise when Luke takes off the restraining bolt in the mono that isn't there in the other versions. There you go. There you go. <laughs> more Baru saying Luke. Yeah. Luke, 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 Luke. Baru at the dinner table. Really, just a, a, a Baru tour de force. Where are you going? Looks like I'm going nowhere. I have to go finish cleaning those droids. Oh, and he can't stay here forever. Most of his friends have gone. It means so much to him. I'll make it up to him next year. I promise. <sighs> Luke's just not a farmer, Owen. He has too much of his father in him. Where are you going? Looks like I'm going nowhere. I have to go finish cleaning those droids. Oh, and he can't stay here forever. Most of his friends have gone. It means so much to him. I'll make it up to him next year. I promise. <laughs> Luke's just not a farmer, Owen. He has too much of his father in him. The, the Baru in the kitchen, totally different. Her, her mm-hmm. delivery of I think so is totally different. Completely changes the whole movie. He said he had some things to do before he started today, so he left early. Did he take those two new droids with him? I think so. He said he had some things to do before he started today, so he left early. Well, did he take those two new droids with him? I think so. It's hard to tell, though, in the video because the, 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 the mono Baru doesn't line up as well. Like, if it's just the recording or maybe when she did those lines, she did them quicker and they didn't line up. And it was more a technical reason they got rid of them and not necessarily a performance reason. I don't know. Well, if the story's true, if they just went to her house... And recorded her. Yeah, well, how would she even sync it up? Yeah. They had, like, a flip book. And there's someone just, like, <laughs> flipping pages really quick to give her an idea. Like, it doesn't matter. Just say the lines. Come on. Yeah. No one's going to like this stupid movie anyway. <laughs> just, let's get it done. There aren't going to be two guys in 40 years dissecting this. So when they come across the dead Jawas, our two beeps really sad in the mono mix. That one I almost felt like him beeping made it less sad, so maybe that's why they took it out. Maybe like R2's like, sweet, dead Jawas. Yeah. <laughs> These guys tried to kill me. It was offensive to other robots for him to not be silent around dead Jawas. <laughs> when they pull up on Mos Eisley, you can hear music outside. I'm ready for anything. Come along, R2. Thank you. 
I'm ready for anything. Come along, R2. Yeah, that one was was kind of weird because watching it, it kind of makes sense. Like it feels like a very like Ben Burt audio designer kind of thing to do, but it makes sense that they changed it because it's a lot more impactful when it goes from just the outside sounds to obviously all of a sudden like smashing over the face with with the cantina music. Right. I don't know. I kind of dug it because it's kind of like yeah, the hot jams would kind of penetrate outside the club. Yeah, but I mean, it's almost it's like the sonic charge kind of thing, like not having the music at yeah. all when it when it kicks in, it really kicks in. You don't get a chance to expect it. So when the when the snake thing pops up and looks at the Wolfman, it makes a noise. Yeah, and again, yeah, the mono mix has more goodness in it. Which I was confused by that too, because I was just like, wasn't that always there? Well, I don't know. I guess I need to go back and compare like the Blu-ray version to see if there's any of this. Like, I can't remember if any of the stuff from the mono mix made it back into the Blu-ray mix. Like, maybe it is in there now. Well, Snake Man isn't even. Oh Did no! They take... No, Snake Man is there. Wolfman's gone. Right. Yeah. So maybe the sound. I don't even remember. Chewy has like a little moan when Hans says seventeen thousand. Seventeen thousand. Seventeen thousand. Yeah, I'd like the extra chewy moan. Why is Chewy so sad about it? Maybe it's a happy, happy moan. Okay, that that makes sense. Different stormtrooper voices when they're uh, check that side of the street. It's secure. All right, check this side of the street. The door is locked. Move on to the next one. All right, check that side of the street. They're, are they not as process sounding? Yeah, they don't have like a, like a walkie-talkie sound. Because that's the one thing I think that's a little strange from what you were saying about the history of this stuff is that like at the end, it, it kind of comes in here with the Trooper things too, is some of the monomix stuff seems like it's earlier versions because there's things that are less processed. I, I, read, I read a couple articles where they were saying that the monomix was considered to be the definitive, which is very strange. Because yeah. it's like the farthest away from... Everything else. When they're in the streets, there's more, like, noises. Ever since the XP-38 came out, they just aren't in demand. It'll be enough. Ever since the XP-38 came out, they just aren't in demand. It'll be enough. Yeah, it sounds like ducks. Like, I I had to watch that one a couple times because it's like, that it'll be enough always jumps out at me as I'm like, oh, that's from the special edition. They added that. And it's like, no, it's always been there. (laughs) It's always been weird. But I like there's, like, ducks in the background. Quack, 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 quack. Yeah, which just makes me think of Panaka or BB-8. They can't get the shield generator fixed. We'll be sitting ducks. Ever since the XP-38 came out, they just aren't in demand. It'll be enough. Maybe they're porgs in the background. Oh, maybe that's where they got the sounds from. Uh, so when they're playing chess, uh, Chewbacca makes more frustrated sound. Anywhere we should be at all around about 0200 hours. Anywhere we should be at all around about 0200 hours. The whole chess game is much noisier. Now be careful, R2. Now be careful. 
careful now, too. Uh, when the Falcon is powering down, when they're getting pulled in with the tractor beam, there's a Millennium Falcon super base. Yeah, I think you're right. Full reverse. Chewy lock in the auxiliary power. Joey, lock in the auxiliary power. Why are we still moving towards it? We're causing a tractor beam that's pulling us in. But there's got to be something you can do. There's nothing I can do about it. Get him full power. I'm going to have to shut down. You're not going to get me without a fight. Yeah, I think you're right. Full reverse. Joey, lock in the auxiliary power. Joey, lock in the auxiliary power. Man, that whole section, the coming out of hyperspace, I think is way more like intense in the mono mix with those extra sounds. Like you really feel like, oh man, these guys are in really in trouble more so than the stereo mix. I don't know. Like it's those extra. <laughs> <laughs> it just makes you feel uncomfortable. What the? Ah, uh, we come out of hyperspace into a meteor shower, some kind of asteroid collision. Not on any of the charts. What's going on? Our position's correct, except no Alderaan. Space into a meteor shower, some kind of asteroid collision. Not on any of the charts. What's going on? Our position's correct, except no Alderaan. Tractor beam should always be super bass. Yeah. Everything from the Empire should be a huge amount of bass. <laughs> Half of the things on the back of the ships aren't really thrusters, they're just big subwoofers. <laughs> well, the Death Star was just one big subwoofer anyway, so. Yeah, mm-hmm, it was. It's a big speaker. I'm just dropping the beats. Blow up planets with bass. <laughs> so there's lots more um, Looney Falcon sounds in some shots. Would be as well to let it go. It's too far out of range. Not for long. Would be as well to let it go. It's too far out of range. Not for long. Yeah, all the Falcon stuff has, and it's like hardcore sci-fi beeps and bloops and stuff. So that's why part of me wonders if it was just like too far from their kind of organic natural soundscape they wanted to do but you know maybe they had second second thoughts that like it was too sci-fi sounding when they went back and did the third and fourth mixes because that stuff's not there anymore right or no yeah maybe (laughs) i don't don't know anymore (laughs) listening to too many different versions so then there's the 3po's big tractor beam speech I don't think your boys can help. The tractor beam is coupled to the main reactor in seven locations. A power loss at one of the terminals will allow the ship to leave. I don't think your boys can help. I can never remember because I I remember that, I think, as a kid of noticing that that was different in different versions of the movie that I had seen. Yeah, because I swear when I saw the special edition, that was in there. And I thought that was brand new in 97, I feel like. 
I feel like somewhere along the line there was a version where that was back out again. Yeah, I feel the same way too. That I remember like on VHS seeing it one way and then seeing it the other way and being confused like I was missing something. Is that speech still in there or is it gone again? I believe it's in the Blu-ray. I don't remember. I think I think the Repio's tractor beam speech is here to stay. Well, it, it makes sense because otherwise you're just watching maps flip by and no one's saying anything. <laughs> well, it's like we were saying though at the beginning of the episode. That's Star Wars. We're not it's even gonna, we're not going to tell you what you're supposed to be seeing here. Was it like where are there like hardcore fans that are like the like Blade Runner fans who are like I only watch it without the narration and they're like <laughs> man I I only watch the tractor beam scene without the narration like that's the way it was intended to be. Next, Governor Tarkin is getting uh, an emergency alert. Yes. We have an emergency alert in detention block AA-23. Yes. Governor Tarkin, we have an emergency alert in detention block AA-23. And uh, do you know who that voice is talking to Tarkin? No. It's Harry Shearer from oh, really? Spinal Tap and Mr. Burns. Really? <laughs> yeah. Excellent. But I like they call him Governor Tarkin, though. Yeah. It's a little more formal. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe they're buddies, you know. Or they're not buddies, and that's why he calls him Governor. The other guy is his buddy. So when they're the garbage chute, when they're in the trash compactor, Chewie, you can hear Chewie pounding on the door more. whole different take with 3PO, right? Yeah, a different take of 3PO saying use the comlink. Com use the comlink? Oh my, I forgot. I turned it off. Use the comlink? Oh my, I forgot. I turned it off. And there's more of an echo when I think we took a wrong turn. I think we took a wrong turn. I think we took a wrong turn. Then did you notice when Leia is firing the gun when they're at the, like the Death Star chasm, that Leia's gun sounds like like an Indiana Jones gun. Like she sounds like she's shooting like a like a like Dirty Harry forty Magnum forty five or something. Oh yeah. Close the blast doors, which again, the close the blast doors thing was something I thought was like a funny joke put in in 97. Yeah, but it was the original funny joke yeah. <laughs> from that they brought back. Close the blast doors. Maybe Gary Kurtz made him take it out. Yeah, maybe it's all Gary Kurtz. And then when the special editions, Lucas is like, I'm bringing the jokes back. I don't have, I don't have Kurtz and his goofy beard telling me what to do anymore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, how can a man with such a goofy beard not like all these goofy jokes? <laughs> I, I thought we'd be friends, beard buddies, until the end. If they took out the close the blast doors, did they add in the open the blast doors, open the blast doors? Or was open the blast doors, open the blast doors always there and there just wasn't the close the blast doors part to make it funny? These are good questions. <laughs> For for another time. Yeah. <laughs> We've got some research to do here. Maybe Maz Kanata knows the answer. Yeah. Yeah, the Falcon Gunner screens are totally different.
it's just lots of woo, 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 woo. so there's yeah, a different take for you so you got your reward and you're just leaving then so you got your reward and you're just leaving then so you got your reward and you're just leaving then then they're on yavin there's all like the uh, the guys working the control panels on yavin and they just sound totally normal which i always liked in the all the other versions like they sound like thx woman 38 stand by alert Death Star approaching. Estimated time to firing range, 15 minutes. Stand by alert. Death Star approaching. Estimated time to firing range, 15 minutes. You know, just like a mumble of voices, you know? Yeah, and this, I think, from here on out in the video where it's it's confusing because it feels like the mono mix is older takes before they were able to process all that stuff. But then the Dolby version had the better ones, so... Yeah, because then when we get to all the X-Wings, like all like the um, the in-between X-Wing chatter, there's none of that like shortwave radio effect. We're passing through the magnetic field. Hold tight. Put your deflectors on double front. We're passing through the magnetic field. Hold tight. Put your deflectors on double front. I wonder what the if they had it and they took it out and then they brought it back. Maybe I don't know. Well, they, why, yeah. Why call the mono mix the definitive mix? It would make more sense if the Dolby was the definitive mix. Yeah, unless for a time they thought the non-processed stuff was easier to understand, and if you were on like a little TV screen, it would be clearer. That's a good point. Maybe they weren't even thinking about home video and yeah. So the next one is when we're on the Death Star, and there's a really much more chill voice talking about how the Rebel base will be in firing range. The Rebel base will be in firing range in seven minutes. The Rebel base will be in firing range in seven minutes. Like the Rebel base is going to be in firing range in five minutes. <laughs> Real mellow. Yeah, don't worry about it. We'll get there eventually. So the next one really tripped me out, though. In the Dolby, Luke says, Blast it, Biggs, where are you? Blast it, Biggs, where are you? Which is the way we've known it our whole life. Yeah. Now in the mono, he says, Blast it, Wit, where are you? What? 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 Is that a mistake? Is that a continuity problem? Because... Is Wedge still there at that point? Yeah, Wedge leaves when they're in the trench. Sorry. But yeah, that one stuck out. I was like, wow. There's another different take of Luke saying, hang on back there. And there's more more chill Empire. Three minutes and closing. Rebel base, three minutes and closing. Rebel base, three minutes and closing. I know this is the closest evidence we have of what the deal was with these different sound mixes. Will we ever know the full truth on the reasons why, though? That's the big question is why. We can dream someday, right? We'll get the ultimate box set with all the different mixes and commentary from Ben Burt, from Ben Burt's ghost of, like, why they did what they did. Yeah, it's just it's amazing how much for a movie that everybody likes so much and remembers so much how much you really don't remember and, and can't even remember because it's impossible to remember because there's just so many little things that have changed over the years 
Give us those unaltered versions. (laughs) (laughs) All of them. Rebel Base, one minute and closing. Rebel Base, 30 seconds and closing. Rebel Base, 30 seconds and closing. Rebel Base, in range. You may fire when ready. Wonderful the mind of a child is. So, Gabe, we have another question from kids. All right. And this one is, once again, from uh, our loyal listener and friend Marissa, from her daughter. And Marissa sent, she posted it on our Facebook page last week, a really great video of her daughter asking a very important question. I missed the question because I was distracted by the corn dogs. <laughs> They're... Sorry. They were so, sit- I'm, glad you, I'm glad you wrote it down. They were sitting around the kitchen table listening to Blast Points eating corn dogs. I don't know how life gets any better than that. Yeah. But her daughter is wondering, who were Queen Amidala's parents? Oh, can we tell you? Go back to the attack of the... Did we, the no, was it the deleted scenes episode, right? Yeah. There's footage of them. I couldn't tell you what their names are, though. I don't remember. Jobal Nabery and Rui Nabery. So when they attack the Cones deleted scenes, there's a whole part they cut out where Anakin basically goes to the Nabery's family house. And they have, like, a really uncomfortable, awkward, like, lunch on Naboo. And then there's the whole um, scene where Anakin's talking to her dad, I think, in the like in the backyard, right? Yeah, he's like, so what are your plans for my daughter? <laughs> I'm going to be a Jedi one day. <laughs> <laughs> That's my Hayden Christensen. <laughs> the Godfather. <laughs> so have your, have your mom show you the Attack of the Clones deleted scenes and pay very close attention to... The deleted scene known as Padme's Bedroom. It's a favorite. And there's um, the sad story of... Nakitula. Yeah, Nakitula, a.k.a. Sweetheart. Yep, he's so full of life. See that little one I'm holding? His name was Nakitula, which means sweetheart. He was so full of life. They all were. They were never able to adapt to live off their native planet. They all died. Then we got an email sent to us from Noah Gleason. And Noah Gleason wrote, After a tough soccer game, I like to listen to your podcast because the sound effects are so unexpected and they make the whole car crack up when we hear them. So Noah's a kid... He listens to Blast Points with his family in the car after a tough soccer game. It's the way to do it. That's the way that's, you know, either after a tough soccer game, we're at home eating corn dogs. Anytime is Blast Points time. (laughs) (laughs) Except for don't do it when you're lifting weights. No. It's the only time. Skydiving, don't do it. But eating, driving, other people driving. And I can't stop thinking about corn dogs. (laughs) I'm going to have to go find some corn dogs this weekend.
what's up, Jason and Gabe? It's uh, Taylor Gray, uh, excuse me, Ezra Bridger here, Spectre 6, uh, reporting into Blast Points Podcast. Just wanted to say what's up, and uh, may the force be with you. See you guys. Dude, we got a couple iTunes reviews uh, that we still got to get through, and we will in some upcoming episodes coming up, I promise. Um, But in the meantime, after you're done listening to this episode, head over to iTunes, leave a review on there. We'll read it on an upcoming show if you do. And if you don't do iTunes, you can send an email like Noah did, or you can drop us a line on Facebook. And You don't even have to write a review. You can just tell us ideas for shows or questions or whatever. Whatever's on your mind, let us know. Yep. And these last points, too accurate for sand people. Only Imperial stormtroopers are so precise. forget you can go to blastpointspodcast.com for recipes comics episodes if you forgot about them they're still there or check us out on instagram facebook twitter i think that's everywhere we are other than in your heart yeah (laughs) you can on blastpointspodcast.com you can order yourself blast points t-shirt on there there's the link listen to the theme music download it play it in your car play it at the prom I don't think they have proms around Christmas, though, do they? I don't know. No. It's like a homecoming dance. Isn't that yeah. coming up, right? Maybe. Yeah. Play it for, you know, the first dance at homecoming. <laughs> the slow dance. The Blast Points slow, Yeah. So that about wraps up episode 91 here. I don't think we made any uh, giant predictions on the future of Star Wars. That, uh... But if we're lucky, George Lucas will be wandering around your neighborhood. So. <laughs> My fingers crossed. (laughs) Stay tuned next week for... I think it's going to be the return of droids. We can't make any promises. (laughs) That about wraps up number 91. So thanks for listening, folks. Yep, thank you. Bye-bye. May the Force be with you. Goodbye, old friend. May the Force be with you. Too much of his father in him. That's what I'm afraid of. May the force be with all of you!